Well, we got you going to all. Hey, good to see everybody. Praise the Lord. Well, Miss Pamela is still fighting with her voice here a little bit. And uh, so she is not going to be here this evening. And we'll just pray and believe God with her. Amen. Trust in God for good things. Hey, and also I want to pray uh, Brother Rick Copps, who's the harmonica player and actually sings too behind. Uh, apparently, with it, not sure, uh, had a stroke today. And so uh, we prayed with him on the way to the hospital, and he started doing really, really good. We got to the hospital. All of his vitals were good. All of, everything was good. Everything's really good, but they basically said that he was... Actually, they said he is having a stroke, and we just said, no, we believe you. It's done going through, and you're going to be good. So they've kept him overnight, and uh, we're praying and believing God. And I know the prayer team, he, uh, uh, Nancy called them or, or sent a thing out to them. So we're just believing God. Amen? So I want to lift up both Pastor Pamela and Mr. Rickoff up in prayer here, and then we'll pray for tonight, and we'll just go ahead and teach the Word of God. Hallelujah. We're going to continue from last week, so I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Get you guys all grounded in the Word of God concerning the subject of faith and the subject of believing God. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. We're the body of Christ. And we're especially the body of Christ for Harvest Bible Church. And so, Lord, right now, we just thank you. We thank you that you've touched Rick's body. And, Lord, we thank you and praise you that the healing power of God's at work in him. And, Lord, they're just going to see what take place and see what ha- happens. Father, thank you for giving the doctors wisdom. And how do they just giving Rick and Nancy peace? Peace, because we know, Father, the word of God working there. Hallelujah. And we thank you for that. Thank you for what you have done and what you're doing. Lord, I just honor you and love you for that. Father, we lift up Pastor Pamela. We just thank you, Father, that you are just, that which you've begun in her, you're going to complete the healing power of God flowing. Her voice is getting stronger. So I'm going to be strong in full force. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for that. I praise you and thank you for it, Father. And Lord, for tonight, for tonight, Father, we just honor you. We love you. We just trust you tonight. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher. He is our teacher. He's our guide. He teaches us. He guides us into all truth. He brings to life the word of God. So, Lord, thank you for these wonderful, wonderful folks that are here. Thank you, Father, for the holy written word of God. As we look to this word, Father, it brings life to us. Your scripture says that it'll bring life and health to us. So thank you, Father. We're going to receive life and health tonight. We're going to receive revelation knowledge. Thank you, Father God, for opening up our eyes to see. And we've got ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. What is the word of the Lord for tonight? So, Lord, we honor you for that. We've come with an expectation. We've come with a heart hunger. Come with a desire to just hear what you have to say. And so, Lord, I honor you for that. I love you and I praise you and I thank you, Father. You're such a great and mighty God. Lord, be magnified, be glorified in this place. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, all of you watching, praise God, we're just going to teach tonight. We're going to give you a a good lesson on the subject of faith, but we talked, started last week, we started teaching some things, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to to Mark 11, 22. We're going to read that scripture. You know, it's it's amazing when people don't know the truths of the Word of God that uh, it's easy to be ignorant of things, it's easy to make comments. 
Did you know that? It's easy to try to, and I mean, you know, it's so much easier to have a pity party than to have a faith party. It's a whole lot easier to feel sorry for yourself and, and blame it all on God or blame it on the devil or blame it on everybody else. And it's a whole lot easier to, to, to you know, your life is like, you know, whatever comes, comes. We don't have any say so over anything. We just got to take and receive whatever comes around. And uh, because that's what the boy, the body of Christ was for years and years and years. Nobody really knew who, who they were in Christ. Nobody knew what they had. People didn't understand confession. They only understand two parts of confession, which was, you know, to confess as being a sinner, hallelujah, or to confess our faults. That's the only two confessions everybody had for years and years and years. Confession about, well, I'm just a sinner. I'm just this, you know, and, uh, and, you know, thank God for God's grace or confessing about their faults, how terrible it is, how bad they are. I, I just can't figure this out. And, uh, but nobody ever understood the, the third part of that, or actually the third thing the Bible talks about is your confession of faith. And that makes everybody nervous, makes everybody, you know, get mad. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyways, but, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. But no, when you understand catching hold of the truths of the word of God, when you get any, it's amazing. Anytime there's a truth that sets you free, the enemy's always going to try and rob you of that truth. And how do you know that if the enemy's making a big do about something, there's a truth there that he does not want you to find out about. He doesn't want you to find out about it. He doesn't want you to find out how powerful prayer is. He doesn't want you to find how powerful your confession of faith is. He doesn't want you to find out how your relationship with God, who you are in Christ, what you have. You know, and so when you teach or you share that, and then here's the big problem is, is that people come over and they want to believe that it's good. And so they try it and they fail. So then they run around and say it doesn't work. Because they have no concept of what they're trying to do. They have no concept of, of what's taking place. Because guess what? You don't try the word of God. The word of God tries you. It finds out how, who you are. Okay? You know, so, so I'm going to try God. Well, <laughs> you can try God all you want to. It's not going to work. If you don't trust God, <laughs> you don't have faith in God, you can't get anything. You're not going to be benefited. You're not going to be blessed. You're not going to receive anything from God. Amen. So here in Mark 11, 22 and 24, through 24, let's just read this real great. Let me read it to you. And then let's look at some things here. We're going to reiterate. Then I'm going to share with you uh, some things that I really believe will help you. And Jesus answering saith unto, unto them, have faith in God. I've got the little letter I there in my Bible. So I go over and look at the margin of my Bible. And it actually says, have the faith of God. Man, how many wars have been fought there? That I'm just talking, this is my Bible. It's, you know, it's just a Nelson's Bible here. And so it's like, hey, but this was it. Have faith of God. What do you mean? We can't have the faith of God, can we? Now, let me just share with you here. Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God or have the faith of God. Then he says, here's the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, thank God we're a whosoever. 
Hallelujah. And they can't take that out of the Bible. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. So that's a big key. Can we? Have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God or have faith in God. Same thing. Because when you have faith in God, you have faith in his word. And if you have the, have the faith of God, is you have faith of God, you get to speak the word of God. Because the word of God in your mouth is the same as the word of God in God's mouth. And if you don't believe that, then you don't receive. You don't be able to take hold and get what God has. See, if you stop believing that God will do something for you, then you've stopped having faith. Most people are believing God's going to do something. They're believing for something instead of believing what is and taking hold and confessing what God's word says about them right now. And see, faith in God is simply believing and trusting. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. So what is faith? Now faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One rendition of that, one translation said, faith is the title deed. To all that you have and all that you need. Amen. And uh, when it says that faith is the substance, it's that which undergirds. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which simply means by faith, the world's reframed. It goes on to talk about by faith, all of these guys did this. There was action. There was things that they believed in it. And so we have to understand that faith is, is what opens the doors. Amen. In fact, it's the open door from which the Lord comes because without faith, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because you've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you know what happens to a lot of folks with the word of God? Like I said, the word's going to try you. It challenges you because how many you know we have as much of God in our lives as we want him? <laughs> we have as much faith in our lives as we want. Amen? Because many times, how many know all things are possible with God? And how many know that all the impossibilities, amen, are with us? Because we measure God by the limitations of our unbelief. Because we really don't believe that God's really going to do what he said he's going to do. And that's the big challenges of it is that when we take hold of the word of God, because when you begin to exercise faith or you begin to believe God, there's going to be a lot of opposition. I heard this statement 40 some odd years ago. It said the currents of unbelief are so strong, very few ever rise above it. Let me give you just a counter. I think, let me say this. It's like one minister said, a lie will go around the world seven times before truth can even get its boots on. Because we are more apt to believe the worst. We are more apt to not believe when somebody says, look at this, there's a miracle. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. Amen? I'm really not sure about those things. I'm really not, you know, I don't know, pastor. I don't know. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But God said this, you know, God's plan is this. It's that if you believe God, you're going to get to see his glory. Amen. Yes. I mean, the Bible says in James five says this, it says, if any man lack wisdom, 
Let him ask of God. Amen? Let him ask of God. Who upbraids not? Without a second thought, God's going to give you. But then he says, let a man, in fact, go over there. I quote it to you. You guys just sit there and look at me. Go to James, James chapter one. Hallelujah. The Lord just arrested. He said, they're going to just sit here and listen to you, get all excited and not going to get it. <laughs> you need to set your eyes on it. If you didn't bring your Bibles, hopefully maybe gets James chapter one. Let's begin reading at verse five. Okay. Hallelujah. Because actually I love verse three. You know, when it says, actually verse two, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Woohoo! When you're being tempted above measure, when everything's going crazy. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect or mature and entire, wanting nothing. Amen? Man, it sounds like James, he's sadistic. I mean, come on. He's like, what are you talking about here? Count it all joy when, you're, when everything's going crazy. One, one translation says, lead joy before your mind when you're being tempted. It's good. Now look at verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. John 16, 13 says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth because he won't speak of himself, but he'll speak of the things that the father shares with it and he'll show you things to come. Amen. He said, if you need wisdom, you just got to ask of God and get wisdom. Sometimes we think of things and say, you know, but I, I just don't know what to do. Well, God said, you've got an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You've got an anointing that abides within you that you need not that any man teach you. God will show you things. And you got to trust him. But you got to have faith in his word. Amen. you got to believe. See, because how, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes from the word of God. That's the only way you can get faith. You can't pray for faith. You can't fast for faith. you got to read the word of God. That's how faith comes. You get into the presence of God. It'll bolster your faith. Praying in other tongues. Jude said this, you know, that we pray in other tongues. It builds us up on our most holy faith. Amen. By praying in the Holy Ghost. So it talks about, so you can build your faith up. You can strengthen your faith. But faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith in God's word. Because that's what we say. It's funny. I've been, you know, many times people say, well, pastor, I, I need you to make me a confession. I said, well, what's in your heart? Because you can say words all day long. You can have the best words. You can say all these words. But if you don't believe that your heart's not hooked up with it, it ain't going to do any good. And if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost for any length of time, many times you can pray in other tongues without any power in your life if you don't hook your heart up with it. Thank you for your overwhelming response. And just go through things. There's an anointing. There's a power. There's something that connects it. But you've got to have faith to believe that. Amen? Hallelujah. And there's the law. Did you know there's a law of faith? There's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets you free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 2. Amen? Isn't it funny? Because Romans 8, 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're condemning yourself, you're destroying your faith. 
if you're beating yourself up, you're destroying your faith. If you're only always talking about how terrible you are and how lousy you are, how you've just failed, you wipe out your faith. Y'all doing okay? Y'all doing okay? See, when people say, well, there's no place in the word of God that tells us we're supposed to, you know, be, you know we're commanding or asking of God or doing things, all through the Bible is asking God. You can't get saved without asking God. Amen? How did you get born again? Romans 10, 9 and 10, that you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth because that's the only way you can be saved. Romans 10, 9 says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can believe in your heart all you want to, but if you never say anything, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to receive anything. And so people get all mad at you about when you talk about a confession of faith. I'm just believing what God says. How many of you know you can't make God do anything? Faith never makes God. All faith does is believe that what God said is theirs. God's the one that told us it. I mean, how dumb would that be that if, if you asked me a question, I said, yeah, okay, here, yeah, you can have this, here it is, and I, and I have it right here. It's all set out in front of you, and then you get like, well, I, I, I want to know if I can have that. I said, it's yours. You know, well, I, I, I want to be able to eat this thing. I want to be able to have it. I, it's right there. I'm not going to take the spoon and stick it in your mouth. God's not going to take the spoon and stick it in your mouth. You got to grab the spoon and stick it in your mouth. That's where faith comes in that you believe that what God said is true and I'm going to eat the whole thing and I'm going to receive it. Amen. We, we look at this and we see this, you know, uh, uh, it, it amazes me. It amazes me how many people want to keep people in bondage. And I, you know, you think about how do we handle these things? How do we deal with it? And yet, let me just share with you. Jesus said this, you know, in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, he said this. He said, when the Son of Man comes back to the earth, he said, is he going to find faith on the earth? He didn't say, is he going to find this, this? He said, is he going to find anybody in faith? Is he going to find faith? Is he going to find anybody believing? You know, and it's amazing to me. You know, you can't meet with God and not know it. And we have a lot of people, and this is where a lot of people have messed up too with the subject of faith, is because we have a lot of people who are just talking and speaking faith, they're trying to speak out here and just saying words, but there's no heart in it. They really don't believe it. And so they're trying to fake it till they make it. Amen. And that's where I coined this phrase, or I've heard this phrase, but I got it. And when you're a pastor, you understand that there is a confession of faith. Amen. Or a confession unto faith, and then there's a confession of faith, you know. And uh, one of the things that we have to grab a hold of, especially when we're talking about the subject of faith and the law of faith, that realizes that when you believe, because Romans chapter 12, verse 3, in fact, go over there, go to Romans chapter 12. Let's just take some time. If we don't get done tonight, we might as well just keep going. Because if you don't grab a hold of this and you don't hang on to this, you're not going to receive any, anything else that you, you need from God. Because it's with faith that we receive our healing. It's with faith that we receive deliverance. It's with faith that we receive prosperity. It is with faith that we receive joy, peace. Everything is based on do you believe what the word of God says? Do you absolutely believe the word of the Lord? Is, is God not a man that he should lie? Amen. And thank God for the blood of Jesus. 
Thank God for what Jesus did on the cross. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. I mean, I praise God for that. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. You know, one of the biggest things. How many of you know that God fixed you before you were broke? Because <laughs> he, Jesus died for you. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He did everything. Jesus died for the whole world. He's already done that. God's already paid the price for your healing, for your prosperity. God's already done everything. It's all right here. You just got to go get it. Faith takes hold of what the word of God says and says, I'm going to receive that and bring it as mine. God, if you did it for them, you'll do it for me. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. We'll, we'll skip the other wonderful verse 1 and 2. We could stay there for years. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Boy, that's a, that's a statement. But to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every one of us that got born again, we all started out with the exact same amount of faith. People say, well, you just have more faith. Well, that's because your faith can grow. Amen? Amen? But if you're born again, guess what? You've exercised your faith for the most greatest thing you could ever exercise your faith for. Can, can you imagine? That's what I tell people. People say, well, it's just so hard to believe. It's just hard. Why do you believe you're born again? Well, yeah, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Why do you? I just know that. You know, I know that when I confess that, something changed. And I just know in my heart. I said, no, you're basing that on just knowing in this. But you better be basing that on the word of God. Not by a feeling because feelings come and feelings go. You're not going to feel saved after a while. There's a lot of folks don't feel saved. When, I mean, you look around, it's kind of like the, the joke of, you know, of the, of the police officer arresting the lady who was driving the car in front of him that all the, the Jesus bumper stickers and all these things, but she was cussing at everybody, flipping everybody off, cutting everybody up, screaming and yelling. So he pulled her over and arrested her. And well, why are you arresting me? Because, you know, because look at all these stickers and you're acting like that. You must have stole this car. <sighs> Okay, you know, there's no actions. There's no things to do it. We've all started out, okay, with the same measure of faith. And yet what happens is what we do with that measure determines what we receive. Amen. And like I said, the minute that you get excited, you start exercising your faith and you start believing God for joy, for peace. You start believing God to meet your needs. You start believing God for healing. Start believing God for health. You start believing God to, to show you things to come. You start believing God to give you wisdom. Amen. God's going to give you strength. You know. Amen. So he's like, hope says, man, I, I hope I'll be strong. I hope I can do this. Faith says, the joy of the Lord's my strength. Hallelujah. The Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. He's strengthening me. It's a whole different thing. Because, well, you can't say that. Well, that's what the Bible says. I just quoted you scriptures. Quoted you the Psalms. I just quoted you scriptures. The Bible says that. It says, well, you're making God do. I'm not making God do anything. He told me that it's mine. He said he would strengthen me. He said he would do all these things. Amen. And I'm so glad we can walk by faith and not by sight. We all start out the same. But some of us just got a hold of it. So let's just do this. Let's just let's walk in light of the word of God. Let's see what God's doing. Amen. Now, you know, here's the biggest thing about the spirit of faith. See, because Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13 says this. It says, but we having the same spirit of faith 
according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. Or I believed and therefore I spoke is actually literally what it says there. We also believe and therefore we speak. Amen. So faith has to do with speaking, has to do with believing, has to do with exercise. But what are you speaking? You're speaking God's word. You're speaking what the word says. You're not trying to convince yourself of something. See, a lot of people trying to speak faith, you know, and, and trying to get into something that's not. Faith comes by hearing by the word of God. You get faith on the inside of it, and then you speak out of the overflow. You speak what the word of God says because you believe it. Amen? Hallelujah. We believe that, so we take hold. But if you'll go on a little farther in that same chapter, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says this. It says, while we look not at the things that are seen. Well, what if we're not supposed to look at the things? What are we looking at? Because the things that are seen are temporal. They're subject to change. While we look not at the things that are seen, hallelujah, amen, because they're temporal. We look at the things that are not seen, for they are eternal. So what is he talking about? We look through the word of God that brings life to us. God made the whole world. People say, you know, because he spoke it into existence. He did. Now, some people say, well, I don't think God made the world out of nothing. He had to. Listen, God spoke it. God said nine times in the book of Genesis and nine times it was so. It didn't say God took this thing over here, talked to it. And, no, God said, let there be light. Boom, guess what? God said, now let's affirm and it come forth. Boom, there it was. God said, boom, there it was. God said, boom, there it was. Amen. Now, whether or not you believe that or not, that's the key. You know, and that's where faith comes in. See, you know, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10 is how we receive everything from God. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth. That's how we receive. And, and, and I didn't maybe finish my thought there that when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, according to the word of God, because that's what you're believing, something changed in you. And you know it changed in you. But you believed what God's word says. And so you confessed with your mouth. You believed in your heart. Hallelujah. And so something transpired. Guess what? That's how you receive everything. Because you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is alive. But that's how you do with every promise of God. You believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth that that promise is yours. And you stand on that. So I said, well, how long do I have to stand? You don't have to stand long to believe it. You may have to stand long to receive it, but you don't care. If you care about how long it takes you to receive, then you've not received. Because Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, these things, therefore, you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. When do you believe you receive them? When you pray, then you get them. But you don't get them until you believe you've already got them. And I know people get all messed up with that. But I don't understand why it's this easy. I just believe what God said. God, I just trust you. I mean, and the problem with that is because none of us, you know, we may have had the wrong kind of father. or We may have had the wrong kind of people around us. We couldn't trust anybody's word. Amen. Because our word doesn't mean anything anymore. Used to be you could do a word and a handshake and you could take that to the bank. But you can't do any of that anymore. Amen. Some says, yeah, but I prayed and I did that, but I just, I can't, nothing's around here. I can't see it. What's going on? I know because you're walking by sight and not by faith. Amen. See, if if everything going on around me in my circumstances, that's not my faith speaking. It's the circumstances speaking. But I just speak my faith because that's what God said. Well, you're going to be in denial. No, faith never denies the reality of things. It only changes it. 
Because you see what you want to see and I want to see what I want to see. Because I have to speak my faith until my faith can speak for itself. Amen. And I want to do, I want to stand up and say, okay, God, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. I want to be a greater witness. Amen. We got to believe the report of the Lord over the man's report. And here's something. Let me, let me just help you really mentally as a pastor. If something doesn't seem like it's working and it looks like I'm just so big, it just means you don't have enough word on the subject. just means you don't know enough yet. Just keep getting more of the word of God. Just keep looking at it. Just get more on that subject. Just say, I'm going to keep studying that till I get it. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And see, that's why some people have, have grown faster than others because they've just taken the word of God and just believed it. Why do we see more miracles all around the world in different countries? You know, you go and you do things and people just get healed and healed. But in our country, it's the hardest thing in the world. And, we're, and we are the ones with the most knowledge, have the most Bibles, have the most word, have the most capability to get into the word. We got the internet. We, got, we listen to messages. We can get all this stuff. And yet we've got the most unbelief. Amen. Instead of just simply believing the word of God, it's, it amazes me. And it's because of what we have is why it causes. We've got so many voices. We've got way too many voices talking to us. Instead of what the word of God says. Amen. And, and, and when you see that, you're kind of like, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I, how, you know, hallelujah. But that's where faith comes in. It's where the word of God comes in. You remember in Acts chapter 14, remember Paul's preaching. And all of a sudden, there's a man that's, that's impotent and been that way for a long time. All of a sudden, Paul perceives that the man has faith. Now, how does Paul perceive that? How does the man have faith? So what's Paul preaching? The Bible just says Paul's preaching. But then Paul perceives that the man has faith to be healed, but the man's not healed. He's not healed, but Paul perceives he has faith to be healed. The word of God's penetrating him. He's hearing Paul preach that healing belongs to him, that healing that Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, the stripes of Jesus. He's hearing that because that's the only way you can get healed to know that God wants to heal you or Jesus to heal you. You got to have faith to believe that. So Paul turns to him and says, hey, rise up and walk. Now, wait a minute. He's never walked. How do you do something you've never done? Amen? I mean, Paul did three things. He preached the gospel to him. He perceived that the man had faith to be healed. And he told the man to stand up and walk. But see, that wasn't enough. The man had to do three things. Number one, he had to hear. And when he heard, it penetrated in his heart. Then the man did have faith to be healed. And they said, okay, I have faith to be healed. Why am I not healed? Because faith is an act. And then the Bible says, he leaped and he walked. Which simply means he must have had use of his arms. And he said, I'm going to do this. Now, with the case of Peter and the lame man that was there at the gate beautiful, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. And rise up. And he, Peter grabbed the guy. He didn't give him a chance. He grabbed him and yanked him up. And the man walking and leaping and praying went into the thing. You can imagine if he's never walked. You ever seen a little baby get up and this guy's never walked and he don't know what to do, but he's having a great time falling all over himself. Amen. You look at this, you kind of go, okay, how, how, do we, how do we see this? Or how do, but here's, here's the thing about it. this man, because he heard the gospel. 
And when you hear a truth, you've got to hang on to it because the enemy's always going to come and try to steal the truth of the word of God from you. Amen? He, he always is. He's going to come. He's going to always come, hallelujah, and try to rob you of the goodness of God because when you hear that, you know, that Jesus Christ is the healer, that Christ is the healer. I mean, we see that in the New Testament all the way through the book of Acts. Hallelujah. I mean, Christ is the one that raises people from the dead. You know, it's so funny to hear you guys. I mean, how nonchalant Pastor Chris talked about raising that guy from the dead who'd been dead for 45 minutes. And he's like, hey, raise him up from the dead. Okay, and then we just kind of now go to Romans chapter five. It's like, you know, no big deal. Because in the inner city, you have crazy things going on all the time. So that's just another thing that you just do. Because you don't have anybody else wanting to be around there. How many of you, first thing you would do, hey, my husband just died, call the pastor and say, hey, well, actually, Pastor Chris called her supernaturally. She said, well, can you come on over here and pray for him? Well, if he's dead, why do we want to pray for him? <laughs> See, all of you, our thought processes, well, this is, well, you know, what are we going to do, you know? They just started a school in Fiji, a Bible school there that we're connected with. We talked to, and they, and they were teaching the students, and they were sharing. And all of a sudden, this one person, dad dies on them. And the students are hearing, hey, you can pray. You can raise them from the dead. So they did. They don't know anything, except somebody told them you could do this. Amen. And they raised him from the dead. He's alive today, doing really good. Everything, you know, they're like, hey, yeah, it's like no big deal. I was, I was in, you know, Thailand, then I went into to Myanmar, which is Burma, but Myanmar, and we're praying, and, we're pray- and I'm praying for this little lady with her, brought up her baby here, and, 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 and the baby is deaf and mute, and I, I lay hands on it, and I pray, and, I, and I'm like, hey, and, and the baby can hear, and the baby can talk, and I'm like, going to just jump, and, and she goes, oh, thank you, and walks away. <laughs> no emotion, and, I'm like, and I just thought, oh, I guess that's just normal, let's go to the next one. <sighs> And God just did another miracle. And if she said, oh, thank you. I'm like, praise God, let's do, go to the next one. I'm not, you know, and I'm trying, I'm trying to be cool. But inside, I wanted to scream. You know, but they were just like, no. And I'm thinking, I mean, God just, you know, I said, because I asked the interpreter, I said, well, she goes, yeah, yeah, they just, they can hear and they can talk. They can, they're all, they're really happy. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. They don't, us Americans, when we get happy, we get happy. Amen. You know why we get so happy when God does great things? Because we're shocked. <laughs> I got to be honest, the first time I was shocked. Did I pray? Had I prepared? Yes, I prayed. I was, I was believing. But man, I didn't see how it was so easy. And I was like, and they, but they were like, wait, this is what you said. Yeah, that's what I said. This is what we said. This is what we said. We preached this. God can do anything. God's a miracle working God. Hallelujah. God's got it. Amen. <laughs> see, the thing that we have to do is we have to lay aside all of the doubt. And, and that's one of the other reasons why it's so difficult in our country because we have more doubt and unbelief than any other country. 
I mean, there's a lot of dead countries. I would say that. I would, but we have a lot of doubt, and we do. You know, they're just because of things. They've had revivals and a revival. But there's this so you know, knowledge of we don't have God or we don't need to know. And we know the truth. And if we know the truth, we've got to stand for that. We've got to believe that what God's word says is so vitally important. Amen? Because here's the biggest problem is we're hearing so many different people give us information about this instead of just getting in this for ourselves and believing what God says over what anybody else says. Not believing what somebody said about what God says. Amen? <laughs> because, see, that was the thing about it. You know, I, I thank God for my, my, like, I remember I told you I was born for this day and this hour. Uh, I am because, you know, God, we did it just what we had to do and, and where we were at, just being in the inner city, because nobody knows what to do with people in the inner city. Nobody knows how to pastor in that situations or because it's all totally different. Say, well, aren't they people? Well, yeah, they are people, but it's all different in how you do things, you know. And uh, you've got to believe that what God's word says is so. Because if you give your word out there and you don't follow it through, then they're going to burn your church down tomorrow or they're going to kill you. So if you knew that everything you say is going to be held against you, amen? Everything you, you, you promise, you've got to fulfill it or you're done. <laughs> it's true. You have to do that. It, it, you know, you look at it and kind of go, well, I would never say, yeah, you keep your mouth shut. You wouldn't say a lot of things. It helps you there. Amen? But people are going to come at you. They're going to do things and see what happens. You've got to know what God's word says. You've got to take hold of it. You've got to realize that faith works. Faith changes all of my hope into a reality. Faith works. Faith counts the thing done. It says what God's going to do. And faith believes that, hey, God's going to handle it. Amen? And you've got to have faith to go out there and meet the opposition because the devil's going to challenge you. Amen. So, so I don't want to get you. But see, then, then you don't have great testimonies. Then you have wonderful things. You know, I can share all these stories with you. So why do you, you know, when I was going through them, they were terrifying. They were like terror. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I got to do something because I'm the pastor and I got to protect everybody. We had a mob show up, 50, 60 people screaming and yelling, trying to beat the doors down because somebody went down through the projects and told everybody I was giving away $50 vouchers. That's like giving away $50 bills. (laughs) Just to see what I would do, you know. You know, you guys, you get an angry mob. So I had to went outside, locked the door behind me. And I'm out in the middle of them saying, all right, you know, calming them all down. Say, no, if somebody lied to you, what are you going to do? No, no. And then somebody says, well, I don't know what these guys are, but my doctor said you're going to do this. Or I, I mean, they lie through their teeth. They've come at you, but they're coming at you. And you've got to come, you've got to say, what? Time out. Here's what we're going to do. And how we're going to dis- disarm this whole thing. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. That was when I was young, crazy, and full of, full of fight, you know, and a lot of things. But when I share that, it's just you go out and then God gives you the right things to say. God gives you the words to do, the power to do it, and the anointing to diffuse all those things there. Amen? You know, probably the worst one we ever had was we had a big church in the suburbs who was 
they wanted to, they wanted to show off. So they put this big ad in the paper and said they were going to do this great things for all of the people in the projects. Now, see, my church was right in the middle between the two biggest projects in all of Pittsburgh, be like the Bronx or Harlem and those things there. So anyways, so they said this whole thing, and they said, we're going to work with you, and we're going to give you all this stuff and do all that. You guys can distribute it because they don't want to come down here. They didn't want to get dirty, and they didn't want to, uh, you know, have to face anybody. They said, we'll drop it all off there, and you can distribute I said, sure, we'll do all that for you. Well, they dropped off all of these cans that had no labels. They were rusted. They were trashy. It was the most ungodly, nastiest stuff. You, I mean, it was like I wouldn't give it to... I wouldn't even give it to my dogs. I wouldn't give it to anybody. And they dropped off a semi truckload of, of outdated out. I mean, it was horrible. And I had promised 300 people a full dinner, full things. And so we're looking at each other like, what are you going to do? So we are going to go to the grocery store. And we are going to buy 300 people's dinners. And we're going to buy 300 people's things. And we're going to fulfill the whole thing. And we're going to go give it out there. And so we did. We did all of it. They, they got all the publicity. We did everything. And we did that time and time and time again for all of the big churches because, you know, and they just, be, you know, and they were thinking how great they were. And I thought to myself, God bless you all. Because, but you don't know, if I don't do this, I won't have a church tomorrow. I may not be here tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but the reason I share that with you is because people have, and then they talk about how great faith they have. It doesn't do anything. Faith follows through. Faith does what it needs to do and to handle and to see what God's doing. You know, you, you take hold of the word of God and that's where faith is something. It's something tangible that you know, that you believe, that you take hold of it because it's something you have in your walk with God. Amen? It changes all the things you hope for into a reality that God will do exactly what he said he would do. Amen? And faith is always present tense. It's not trying to do this yeah faith is for the future faith is for the past but faith to receive is always present tense amen you've got to take hold of that one of the biggest things that I found out about people is most people they have faith until they're challenged (laughs) and you don't really know how much faith you have to you have to use your faith against something they have faith until somebody says you have this or you have faith until this happens and that happens you know, and all of us have had faith failures. Don't look at me so holy. All of us have had things where we didn't get what we were believing for, or we didn't get the answer that we thought it should have been. You know, how did you? And yet, I'm telling you, heart faith receives from God every time. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. Now, there, there, there are avenues, there are things that have happened, and you may not know. And that's when it takes the most faith at all, is when you don't know. And God says it's none of your business why you don't know. Are you still going to trust him? Are you going to have the faith that Job had that said, though you slay me, yet will I trust you? He thought God was doing it. And here's one of the big, let me give you something here really quickly that'll help you immensely. A lot of people talk about Mark eleven twenty three, 23, which is have, the, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Isn't this really good? But if you don't have this kind of faith, I'm about to tell you, you will get very discouraged about the faith of God, faith in God. You will get very discouraged and you'll get, it'll mess you up because you got to have faith toward God first. 
And I mean, just, you've got to have faith toward God first. You've got to have faith that you're going to trust God no matter what, that you believe that what his word said about Jesus, that you're going to be born again, that what he said about that, no matter what, no matter what happens in my life, I'm always going to go back to Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. And Father, I have faith toward God. Amen? Now, lest you think I'm making this up, go to Hebrews chapter 6. Y'all looking at me. I, you see, well, Pastor, you preaching this pretty hard. I do, because I want to get it across to you. I get so frustrated, so frustrated with people because they came into Christ during all the fun times and believing. And they got born again during great seasons, especially if you were born again during the 80s. It was prosperity. It was blessing. It was wonderful. God was moving. It was cool to be a Christian. And if you got born again in the 60s, it wasn't cool. How many of you got born again in the 60s? I'm the only one here that got born again in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 70s, hey, you know, it was starting to get a little cooler in the 70s, but not much. But the 80s was cool. I was pastoring in the 80s, so I know all the way through the 80s. I started in 79, so the 80s was cool, man. It was cool to be a Christian. But a lot of people were coming and going. They were messed up. Here, and in, in, look at this in Hebrews chapter 6. He said this to us. The Hebrew writer says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection. He said, we want to grow up out of this. But look at what he said. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And now look at this next little phrase. And of faith toward God. He goes on to say of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. He gives us the six fundamental principles of the doctrines of Christ. Most people don't even know these six fundamental principles. And we need to know them. And then one of these fundamental principles after repentance from dead works, trying to earn our way to heaven, now it's faith toward God. And if you don't understand faith toward God, faith toward God says, I love God no matter what goes on in my life. And you have to go back to that when things happen that you have no idea why. When you understand that everything that you believe God for and everything you believe God with and it didn't work. And it messed you up. And I've been there. Done that. Back and forth. But what brought me out is I had faith toward God. I didn't get saved because of what God could do for me. I didn't get saved for what God was doing. I got saved because I needed a savior. And even though everything didn't work, I still needed a savior. I still needed a Lord. And my faith was in him and my faith was toward him. And he began to build back up my faith in God and my faith of God. And that began to rise back up and trust and do what the word of God says. And if he wanted to tell me what it was or why, and many times he didn't want to tell me. And there's some things he still says, ain't none of my business. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And if you want your faith to grow and keep growing, you can't touch it. You don't need to know everything. I mean, there's certain things I can't touch in my past. Because me and God, we go round and round. And and I didn't get an answer. And he didn't give me one. He doesn't need to. He's God. He don't owe me anything. He doesn't, I don't owe me an explanation. Who do you think you are? He's the creator of the universe. He knows all things. I don't. I'm, you know, he's infinite. I'm finite. 
He's brilliant. I'm dumb, okay? Compared to him, we're not, we're not even going to go there. Even on my best day, I can't, I can't, you know, but I can't touch that. Because if I touch that, it just wipes me out. It just wipes my face out, wipes it out. Like, why am I living? Period. You know, I've been threatening to, to write a book called After the Hit. Which it probably should. How do, how do you come back after being hit? When you get hit, when you get knocked out, when you get knocked down, when you just totally lose everything, how do you, how do you come back out of it? Because I've come back out of it. I know how to, I've come back out of it several times. I know how to do that. Because I know how to exercise my faith. I know how to trust God. And the biggest reason is because is I have this incredible faith toward God. Hallelujah. So it doesn't bother me when my faith of God doesn't work. <laughs> What? But that, and if people want to ask, I say, no, it doesn't bother me. Because that just means I don't know enough, or it means, you know what? I, did, I didn't do it right, because God's word works. God's word works. Hallelujah. And I believe his word. I don't just agree with the word. I don't just got it in my head. I got it in my heart. And that's what brings joy. That's what brings peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, because I have to t- always take a step of believing to get to the place of knowing. Believing is, is a verb. Faith is a noun. So faith is tangible. Something I have. When I know I have faith, I don't care what anybody, I know I can, I can walk in it. Amen? I'm going to have to exercise my faith and do it. Glory to God. But see, I have faith in what God says and not what anybody else says. Because how I many you know everybody wants to be nice to you and they want to try to explain to you why it happened or why it didn't happen? And you really don't want to hear that. You just want to say, people, just then, hey, let's just trust God. <laughs> let's just let's just believe God. Let's just let God be God, and let's exercise the faith that we know. Amen. Because that's where God's at. He wants that. I mean, you look at Abraham. I mean, let's just kind of look at these things. God gave us these guys as example, but He said we're the children of Abraham. That we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, so that the blessing of Abraham can come on us. Well, what was his blessing? Well, his blessing was a physical blessing. It was a material blessing, and it was a spiritual blessing. That was Abraham's blessing. It says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, the curse of the law was poverty, sickness, and second death, is what it said. But we've been redeemed from those things. So if we've been redeemed because of the blood of Jesus, because of Jesus hanging on the cross, so that we can not only be redeemed from that, but we've also been given the blessing of Abraham, then we need to walk in it. Amen? And there's none of us in here been as blessed as Abraham. Amen? How did he? He, was, he was the richest dude around. I mean, how many of you have 118 manservants? I don't, I mean, that's a pretty good group of folks you can call on, and they're all working for you. Amen? And they also know how to fight, because apparently they went back and, you know, got everything back and got Lot, got everything there, got everything coming back. It was pretty cool. But but when you understand faith, people, there's a lot of bad raps on it, and it's only reason being is because faith doesn't work unless you have a relationship with God. Faith comes out of your heart and fellowship with God and fellowshipping with the word that you believe that what God said in his word, he's already done it. You just have to go get it and receive it. You're not making God do anything. He's already provided everything. God's provided healing. He's provided peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. So when we say I have peace, I have the peace of God because God said he, Jesus gave me his peace. He said he did. Did he lie? 
He said, Jesus said, my joy I give unto you. Well, then we get his joy. He said, why don't I give you mine? So your joy will be full. <laughs> Amen. We get to walk it out. But it's hard for people to get a hold because when your body is hurting, when sickness tries to attach it, or when lack comes, or when tragedy comes and difficulty comes, we have a tendency to go, why? How come? That's our first response. Instead of God, I love you. Help me. Strengthen me. Help me in the midst of all of these things to be able to walk worthy of you, of what you need me to do, what I need to do in your life. What do I need to do? Amen. That's the hardest thing to do. Amen. You just kind of go, okay. Hallelujah. Here we go. I mean, how many of us would have had the faith like Smith Wigglesworth? He comes home from, and his wife's dead. She had died. She was 49 years old. And so he didn't, he brings into the room and he commands death to let go of her. And she comes back into her body and she, and she says, Smith, what in the world are you doing? He said, you can't go. You're, I can't let you go. You can't go. She said, my work on earth is done. God's done. I'm done. Your work's not done. You got a long ways to go. And of course, as us guys, we always do what our wives said. She said, you let me go, and then you just do your thing. Okay. And he let her go. <laughs> we always want to be selfish. Y'all doing okay? Y'all just looking at me like, hey, here we go. Praise God. I know I get to telling stories, and you all just kind of go, whoa, he knows more stories than, than anybody else. I do have a lot of stories. I do have a lot of stories. I do have a lot of stories. Go to Romans chapter 4 and we'll, we'll unhook here. I'm, I'm going to threaten to probably teach on the subject of faith till Jesus comes here. Just get you guys. Because you need to know that you have faith. You need to know that your faith can grow. Hallelujah. And I've been called to do that. I do that everywhere I go. When I go around the world or whatever, I know that's what my calling is, is to teach people faith, you know, of what I do, but to help people receive. Amen? Romans chapter 4 talks about Abraham. And Abraham was amazing. You know that, right? I mean, he just, wow, to have what he did and you know what made him Abraham amazing? You know why God picked Abraham is what he said. He said, the reason I picked Abraham is because Abraham's going to teach his kids. I mean, that ought to set us all on fire. Like, okay, God, God's going to bless me because I'm going to teach my kids. That doesn't mean your kids are going to listen and do the right things, but you're going to try to teach them to them. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't let that bug you either, but it's like at least you had the opportunity, I'm going to teach my kids. But right here in Romans, and Paul wrote Romans, but here... He makes a con- an incredible statement in verse 16, 17, and 18, and 19, uh, all the way down to 21, that's so unique. He says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, amen, to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, and not only to that which of the law, but to also that which of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, Okay. So we always talk about the faith of Abraham. We always say he's he, you know, the father of faith and we get his blessings and that's where God made promise. He made a promise to Abraham. He gave the law to Moses, but he made a promise to Abraham way before it. And just because he gave the law to Moses doesn't mean it does away with the promise he gave to Abraham. We thank God for the promise. Amen. 
because Jesus came to fulfill the law. He did away with the law, but he allowed the promise of Abraham to keep going. So now here, look at verse 17. As it is written, God said this, I have made you a father of many nations. When he didn't even have any kids, he didn't have anything. He said, before him whom he believed, even God, talking about who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Let's just stop right there because that's probably one of the biggest things that the faith message gets this really bad rap. When you start calling things that be not as though they were. The problem is, is most people call things that are as though they are not. That's a big difference. You call things that are not as though they were. You do not call things that are as though they are not. If you've got a big old bump on your arm, you don't go around saying, I got no bump on my arm. You're just lying. But if you've got a bump on your arm and you're believing God to heal that bump, you go around and say, I believe because of what Jesus said, that the healing power of God's at work in my body affecting the healing current. Hallelujah. And that bump's got to go. Because of what God's word says. So I believe if you ask me, am I doing okay? I say I'm doing great because of what God's word says. And I believe I'm healed according to the word of God. So I said, well, you got a bump there. Yeah, I got a bump there. So what is it? Well, they say it's a tumor. But I say it's healed. (laughs) It's kind of like the little girl who got prayed for. She had a big goiter on her neck. And she was all excited and she knew she was healed. And she'd get up and testify every, every Sunday. For a year, she got up and testified, I want to thank God that I'm healed. When they got, and finally, the people in church said, you need, to the mother, said, you need to just get her to stop. Quit this. It's getting embarrassing. It's embarrassing. She's been doing this for a year. We can all see she's not healed. And so the mother, and the little girl's crying. So she goes home and they're giving her. And so she goes home and, you know, she goes to her bedroom and she says, Lord, why don't you just show everybody what I know? Why don't you just show everybody what I know? And it disappeared. And she came back the next Sunday. And everybody was like, oh! And she's just looking at him. Well, what's, what, what's wrong? Well, we can see you're healed now. No, I was healed a year ago. I got healed a year ago. You just now believe it, but I've been believing it for a year. See, the problem with us is that we want to see you know, uh, this, you know, these things here and, 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 and go back to Mark, two minutes, give me some things. Go back to Mark 11 here. Okay. You guys doing okay? Hallelujah. Go back to Mark 11, if you would with me. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But look at verse 25 and 26. Now, some Bibles take this out of here. You don't have it in there. Hallelujah. Especially verse 26. The New Living doesn't have it in that verse in it. They kicked that verse out. So did some other ones. Because it just messes with their theology. But Jesus said this. When ye stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Tough verse. Tough verses because about forgiveness. If you don't forgive, you don't get forgiven. Now, like I said, they kicked that out of almost every new translation, verse 26. And uh, the problem with that is, is that it's truth. That if you don't, unforgiveness will destroy your faith faster than anything else. If you don't, unforgiveness will wipe you out. Let me tell you a story. We're going to close. We've got one minute. 
in 19, uh, it was either in 87 or 80, 1988, actually, 1988 camp meeting, we're all there, got 15,000 people in the room, all of a sudden, that was the year that there was several televangelists that actually, you know, went, one went to prison, the other one was defrocked because of affairs, all kinds of things, uh, well, one of them showed up at camp meeting, walked out of the, 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 you know, the VIP thing and came to sit down, and you could have heard a pin drop. Because everybody's like, what's he doing here? And all of the judgmental ministers, I'm in the minister's section. And Brother Hagin gets up to the microphone and he says, hey, so-and-so asked if he could come. And I said, yeah, you can come. We are people of love. He said, I, you'll be fine coming here and we'll minister. He said, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, you that are spiritual, if you see someone fall into sin, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest you fall into that same temptation. He said, the problem is we ain't got no spiritual people in the body of Christ because none of you want to forgive and none of you want to, you know all these things. And so now I want to show you how God, God is and why, how God wants to operate. He said, everybody that has gross in their body, stand up. And there was hundreds of people that stood up where you could see all kinds of gross sticking out, all kinds of things, all kinds of stuff, plus things that were inside them you couldn't see. And he said, right now, watch what God will do when you walk in love. And he just pointed and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And all of everybody got healed 100%. All the, they all disappeared. I mean, you're just looking and seeing and there it's gone. And the power of God. And, God, and so we're all weeping because we're all repenting as ministers. <laughs> you know, to what God can do. And then he said, let me just share another thing what God wants to do, you know, just to show you all. He said, no, we're not condoning what he did. We're not condoning saying, you know, we're not doing anything. We're not, that's God. God's going to do that. But what we are going to do is, is we're going to let God be God in our lives. You see, the problem with we have, and that's where your faith gets all messed up. Because people want to blame God. They want to blame everybody else. no. Hallelujah. You receive from God based on what you believe. You know. Amen. Here's, a, you know, here's another thing too, just to help you out here, where people come in with it. We're going to get into this, I think. Is that people are always thinking, well, I need to do this so I'll get this. Faith doesn't do something to get something. Somebody came up to Brother Hagin one time and was like, I want to know where this is. You know, I want to wear, first he said, I want to know where my new suit is. I, I gave away this suit because I'm looking for it. And Brother Hagin just looked at him and said, I don't know. I've never given a suit away expecting one in return and walked off. I've never done anything in faith expecting to get the exact, I did it because God told me to do it or I'm believing for something, exercising my faith, but I don't do something to manipulate God. If God speaks to me to do it, I do it. Why? Because I love God. If God tells me to exercise my faith because of the word of God says, I'm going to exercise my faith. Amen? See, sometimes people get all caught up in stuff and it just, it just gives everybody a bad rap. Because see, faith is of God and the God kind of faith you can have. But God kind of faith operates by your voice. That's how you do it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And faith is turned loose by what you say and what you believe and how you act. 
Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, I know I've opened up so many cans of worms. Hallelujah. But I like it. Their brains are spinning. They're thinking. Hallelujah. They're precious, but they can handle it. They can handle it because I want them to be strong in faith. I want them to be able to know the, what to use their faith and to believe God and to exercise that faith, trusting in what your word says and receiving all that you have. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just honor you and I love you and I praise you, Father. Thank you for each and every one. And Father, we're just teaching the word of God. Thank you, Lord God. I just trust the Holy Spirit that it just forms, it goes in and people just receive, hallelujah, uh, just truths from the word of God. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. Worship God with our giving. Amen. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. And then, uh, of course, if you're doing that, that's what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. And hopefully you're all doing okay. We're not choked yet. I may have gone a little too long. I apologize if I did that. Hallelujah. But <laughs> but I, I, I can go along longer. So, <laughs> Amen. Uh, what? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Amen. I'm coming back next week though. So it's good. Hallelujah. You know, it's just my heart. I do want to do that. I, I'd really like to do the one thing I do want to share with you guys too. Hopefully I'll get to do that, which is, uh, I just want to give you some of the most important things and things that I believe are the most important things about faith, you know, that you have it, it can grow what you can do. And then understanding where unforgiveness comes in and what you need to deal with that because that's one of the biggest, biggest things that will really Amen. hinder you more than anything else. You know, you just can't allow that. You can't allow anybody or anything to, uh, you know, mess you up. And, and the devil will always try to mess you up. He will always. He will. He'll bring, he'll remind you of all the things that you didn't have, all the things that you couldn't do, and all, all the things that people did to you to stop you from receiving. And you just got to say, Lord, that doesn't matter. Glory to God, you're going you're gonna to see me through. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to sow seed. Thank you, Father, for meeting and supplying all of our needs. You're such a great God, such a wonderful God. Lord, I just thank you for that. Thank you for these wonderful folks. They're so precious. They just keep pulling and pulling, and I just keep going and going. So, Lord, thank you for that. And I thank you, Father, hallelujah, as they give, you're going to bless them abundantly. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Hey, guys, we have our uh, men's breakfast. And if you haven't signed up, then like uh, Miss Leticia say, no signing, no eating. Okay? So, <laughs> anyways, we got 42 guys signed up, so we're going to get that. Pat and I get all that stuff situated, so, so that's cool. That's cool, and, uh, uh, you know, we just want to uh, have you come and be a blessing. So, hey, this coming Sunday is Palm Sunday. Hallelujah. So, of course, we're also going to be doing communion. And then the following Friday is the, the Seder. We have 115 or 116? 116 people coming Friday night to the, to the, to the Passover dinner. And uh, so we're going to do that. There are 16 tickets left. Yeah, she wants to fill it out, dude. They're the whole 132. So, hallelujah. I was, like, shocked with the 116. But, 
uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, Easter is April 9th. So uh, somebody asked me if we we're going to have two services. We are not. We're just going to work some things out. But we just want to pack the place out. We'll have a fun time. So, uh, uh, you know, we're just believing that God's going to do good things. Amen. So, guys, 8 o'clock this coming Saturday, we're going to have a great time. So let's all stand up. I love you. All you watching, we'll get to see you guys on Sunday. Hallelujah. And hopefully you show up here. Good stuff. Love all of you.